Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, the movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning, this podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. Jay, hey Mia, how are you guys? Hi, hi. Hi. I do have to ask, um, how many Pixar movies have each one of you seen in the theater? Ooh. Um, that comes into some of my list choices, so I'm a whole. Okay, that's uh, fair. Okay. <laughs> I would You're going to say... give away your list choices by telling me how many you've seen in the theater? Oh, how, oh, how many? Okay, my bad. I was like, I was like, wow, what the hell kind of list do you got coming? Well, you know, her number, her number like five. I've seen three and I'm like, oh shit, it's Finding Nemo, isn't it? <laughs> My number three is all the Pixar movies. You guys are never going to let me live that down, are you? Uh, no, you're part of the show not, now. We don't have to. Not for a, not for a bit. Um... <laughs> I've seen, I saw a lot of most of them. I mean, Onward obviously didn't come out in theaters most recently, sure. but like outside of Cars and some of well, the other- Well, technically it ones. did come out in theaters. Oh, it did. For, uh, it did sure, for a very short amount of time before COVID made sure that that was donezo. But most of them we try to see, at least the big tentpole ones. Sure. I, I, I can say that I have seen all but one. In Which theaters. ones? Onward. Oh, but. Oh, so essentially <laughs> seen all of them. Yeah. Well, te- if we're te- technically, yeah. hold on, let me push my glasses up. Technically speaking, I've seen all but one in the theater, not all of them, because they were all released in the theater. Uh, and I will say that as a grown man in my mid 30s, the later in life that it got, the more awkward that became. <laughs> high five. Should we high five? High five! High five! High five! High five! High five, son! Woo! High five! Don't let me hang it. So, yeah, I have a funny uh, viewing story to tell you guys. Um, it's a perfect way to intro this. Uh, so, when Toy Story 3 came out, I went to go see it in the theater by myself. And as an adult man going to see Toy Story 3 by myself, I went and saw it at a theater you may be familiar with, Joey, the Green Hills Theater in Nashville, Tennessee. And I saw it it one day after work. It was probably a 5.30 or 6 o'clock showing. And I went in 
and it was pretty much an empty theater because the movie had been out for two or three weeks maybe and i went up to the ticket counter to buy my ticket and i was behind this lovely woman and her probably five-year-old son and they were like uh, we'll have two tickets for Toy Story 3, please. And the ticket taker like looked at him and was like, okay, yeah, great. Enjoy the movie. And like slid the tickets across the counter. And I stepped up behind them, uh, being the only other person in line, and said, uh, yeah, I'll have one adult, please, for Toy Story 3. And the ticket taker kind of like looked at me for a second. And then the mom like kind of turned back over her shoulder and looked at me. And I was like, uh, yeah, it's just... Uh, I like, I like they, Toy Story. They, they sold me the ticket, and here I am going doo -doo -doo to the snack counter behind this lovely mother and her son again. And I'm excited, and they're getting a Mommy, popcorn what and is candy. That following us? And I get a popcorn and candy. Dead? And I get done, and they're going to the restroom. So, so you I obviously follow her into the restroom. So I go sit down in the theater, right? I go sit down in the theater, and this kid comes barreling into the theater ahead of his mother and sits down next to me. <laughs> now, this is a pretty empty theater, right? This is a pretty empty theater. So here I am, me, this five-year-old kid that I do not know, and his mother reluctantly coming behind him, trying to not make a scene by being like, hey, we need to move Let's seats. Let's not sit you're by sitting next creep. to this creepy male by himself. <laughs> Instead, the mother like reluctantly sits down next to him. So it's just me, this little kid, and his mother. We look like a, we look like a happy family. And so the movie starts. And for those of you familiar with Toy Story 3, it's a very sad movie. And there is a scene at the end of the movie where uh, the toys appear that they're about to die. Uh, did a, you hold hands with this woman and her family? With a fiery trash inferno. And I'm weeping openly. <laughs> of course, because of course. And I forget what I'm doing. And I turn to this kid and terrifiedly I say, Oh my God, are they going to die? <laughs> oh no, why? <laughs> and the mother gives me the most horrified look when I realize what I have done. And I look at her and I look at the kid who is now also crying. And I get up and I move to the last row in the theater and I, presume, I, I, I watch the rest of the movie from the back row because I felt like such a creepy asshole that you I just made this kid cry. But I, I wasn't. I was also caught up in the feels of the movie. I just forgot. I was like oh. used to seeing these movies with friends. And so I just got caught up in the moment and terrified this child that this is going to die. So anyway, I'm really glad we're talking I, Pixar movies today. So that's a great segue into uh, our top five. Jesus Christ, Q. <laughs> it was a good, good times were had by all. I scarred a child. 
and you, you, uh, but the thing the thing about it though is er, it didn't help when you earlier leaned in in the movie and you just whispered to the moms like my nickname is also Hugsy Bear. <laughs> oh my god, that didn't help. And Lots like, of. I oh yeah, I also smell like strawberries. Yeah, I would be like, they don't call me Lotso for nothing. Lotso restrictions. Lotso, Lotso restraining orders. <laughs> that's, that's why they call me Lotso. Uh, but anyway, I'm so excited to talk this topic with you guys. I love Pixar. Jay, this isn't the first time you and I have discussed Pixar. 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 <laughs> It is, it is, however, the first time that we've ever ranked Pixar. Uh, yes. We had a previous Other Stuff 2 episode where we just kind of deep dove into our love of Pixar movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to kind of see where these rank because now we yeah. are here we are several years post that Pixar episode and, and quite new- a few movies have been added. Mm-hmm. And uh, movies and so- have changed, movies, I've watched movies multiple times. I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing that having a kid will allow you to do is it allows you to see if movies hold up upon repeated viewings mm-hmm. because you watch, you watch like Coco and you're like, Hey, I really like Coco. And then you see Coco for like the 80th time in the same week. And you're like, do I still like Coco? Maybe let's talk about it. Maybe on this list, you'll find out, but I'll tell you, I was- some of these do. don't hold up. <laughs> Again and again and again and again and again and again and again. One thing also having a kid allows you to do is not feel as creepy when you buy a ticket to a Pixar movie in the theater being in a grown Yeah, I usually I usually uh, try to avoid that. Uh, so, I'm I, I don't. I'll it. never I'll learn. <laughs> Guess what? That kid and that mom are not laughing about it. They never were and they never will be. I, I they don't find the humor in that story. I do. It's going to be a 2020 episode about Q. Uh, <laughs> the, some, kid uh, I mean, is, some kid is going to be a serial killer. That kid's going to grow up, be a serial killer. He's going to be interviewed by like Diane Sawyer one day. And they're going to say, what was the moment? And he's going to be like, well, I'll, I'll never forget the day I was seeing Toy Story 3 with my mom. And the stranger leaned over to me and just tears in his eyes said, are they all going to die? <laughs> and that was the day that I realized, yes. They all indeed needed to die. They all are. We all have no control over our deaths. And (laughs) I am the claw. (laughs) I am the bringer of death. Uh, So, guys, I mean, this is a pretty simple subject. There's not a lot of explanation that needs to happen. Everybody knows what a Pixar movie is. It's a movie that is 3D animated and is not DreamWorks. Um, Or, 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 and at at this day and age, also not other Disney movies. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true, too. <gasps> I forgot to mention something on one of our other ones earlier. Oh, oh, so- oh that's, that's going to happen a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Feel free to take to the, our social media account and uh, post your misgivings once that episode is aired. Be like, I totally was going to say this, and I did not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, oh. So Pixar movie, everybody knows. It's a 3D animated film. Pixar is a company that was acquired by the... Uh, conglomerate behemoth that is Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, the House of Mouse. It is pretty much the foremost leader in 3D animated films for families. Yeah. Um, and so 
it has been a stalwart, much like traditional Disney movies were for many people's childhoods. Like they grew up watching the little lamp hop across the screen yep. and crush the eye in Pixar. Uh-huh. Uh, just as much as they remember the blue back-screened white castle for Disney and yep. the little like the little arch that forms over it before it writes out Disney below it. Um, those two things are like quintessential to a lot of people's childhoods. And I'm excited to dive into this list with you guys because I think they've made some really, really, really amazing movies. I also mm -hmm. think that there are a few stinkers that we should probably talk there about. Are a, there are a handful of stinkers that are out there. And honestly, it probably would be easier before we dive into the list to talk about some of the stinkers and things that won't. Because honestly, with when it comes to Pixar, the, the range of good and, and great is like so everything's so close together that we're going to have to break that out a bit. So the stinkers that are down at the bottom of the list do kind of stand out. And also, I don't know if it's, we're going to have a chance to talk about it in this episode or not, but one of the great things that about Disney Plus that I've loved is that they opened up all the Pixar sh shorts. Yes. And those, even the, I mean, the movies themselves are fantastic, but man, even some of those shorts are so just spellbindingly good um that uh, there's like kit bull there's that one that's very very good about the kitten and the bulldog that become friends yes um and then Love there's the one of uh, and then there's the one about the little boy who floats that was super good like they just man pick pixar's industry is just making you cry and it's amazing seriously now planes 2 didn't make me cry planes 2 was not a pixar film was it not no. It was a Disney animated movie. Cars 2 didn't make me cry either. Cars 2 was a Pixar film. Uh, Monsters University not. also didn't make me cry. No. Although, I go back and forth on whether or not I think that movie's terrible or I think it's fine. Monsters University? Yeah, I think I land on terrible. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, well, let's... Let's, instead of picking things apart, let's do what we do best at High Five and let's talk about what's awesome. Yeah. And let's do it with a list. This is where we make a list. The list. Three, two. List. All right. So let's talk Pixar movies. Uh, this is going to be our definitive personal lists, and then we will culminate in a amazing mashing together of our lists. Mia, as <laughs> always, kick us off with your number five Pixar film. My number five is Finding Nemo. That is a great Adorable. choice. Finding, Finding Nemo is a classic. It really, it really is. is. Music's a classic. Storytelling's a classic. The the research and work they put into to try to get that movie to look as close as animatedly accurate as they possibly could was i i, I had um the blu-ray version so it yeah. came, oh, nice. came with the the behind the scene type stuff right humble and brag that, we get it you watch things in hd i mean <laughs> <laughs> I, it was it was impactful watching that and then continuing to watch it the thousands of times that I've seen it since then. I just yeah. So my phobia is sharks. 
Um, and I don't, even now I don't handle Bruce's beginning scene specifically very well. Really? Like interesting. He's just there. Bruce is, Bruce is such an interesting, fun character. I mean, everything about their quest is great, but the Bruce (laughs) scene specifically where they get suckered into that, like sharks anonymous uh, type meeting is is great just the blood in the water like the sounds um, they use for him while he's moving in the they just yeah. did so good i was genuinely terrified Mia yeah is not for my that are, like my center of of my shark fear <laughs> and so i'm just like if i were a fish i'd just wiggle along with him too oh <laughs> i'm so sad that we didn't have you on the show yet for our deep blue c3 oh, uh, uh, that would been awesome Fun fact, fun side fact. When I was little, um, the very first Deep Blue Sea had come out and I was around 10-ish and my phobia was very much alive then. Um, And my family thought it would be a great idea to have me sit down and watch that movie with me in hopes that it would cure my Help you out of your fear. Let me tell you, shower sheets, shower curtains, that wasn't yes. working for me. And I slept next to to my parents on the back. I slept on the floor for like two to two weeks to a month because that was not happening. I, that was not happening. Wow. Failed attempt. <laughs> that, well, that's, that's a bad move though. Like that's the worst. It's like, hey, Timmy, I know you're terrified of clowns. So we're going to sit down and you're going to watch it and Killer Clowns from Outer Space with me and it's 1130. Yep. And you're sad. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The worst That's thing hilarious. I've ever heard. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, Lord. Finding Nemo is an awesome choice. That's it's a great movie. It is definitely, um, I would say, in the top tier of Pixar movies. Well, whether it's like on my... Say what? Yeah. Do you still keep, do you still sing Just Keep Swimming? I, I do. You know what I say more, yeah. though? Mm. It's a more obscure line from that movie is, I touch the butt. Touch the butt. Hey. Um, or I, I inked, <laughs> I inked myself. <laughs> you made me ink. Yeah, guys, you made me ink. I um, yeah, Finding Nemo, Finding Nemo, especially when it comes to, and one thing Pixar is great about is getting the right voice actors. Yes. I mean, even all the way back through Toy Story, and um, I mean, Inside Out, it, it, you can claim it there. But yes. The voice acting they get is just so spot on, and Finding Nemo is no, no, uh, no exemption from that. Yeah, I mean, obviously Dory has her own sequel, one of the better Pixar sequels, uh, whether or not it's on anybody's list, but one of the better Pixar sequels. And Ellen DeGeneres is fantastic, yeah. isn't it? Per- perfect casting. Dory, the gentle, most nicest fish. Oh, played by raging, horrible person Ellen DeGeneres. Perfect casting. Nailed it. I don't know if she's a raging, horrible person. I don't know her. Sure. And you. And to be fair, you've never worked with her. That's but the true. hundreds of people who have that have <laughs> now come forward said she's a horrible person. And you know what they say? If it sounds like a duck and, and it, it walks looks like, like a duck. duck, then it's probably Ellen DeGeneres being an asshole. <laughs> you know what? That's if fair. If you watch some of her interviews, like the one she had oh, with, sh- with Hassan, I oh God, I hope I say it right. Hassan Minaj. 
yes, she insisted that she was saying it the right way. And he was like, oh, no. no. And she's Not. like, yes. Oh, no. I will say this. I've been saying Ellen is a bad person for years. Nobody listened to me. Legitimately, I can see uh, it in the interviews with her guests. I'm like, man, she kind of comes off as an asshole. Like, to a lot of her, she's, and she's just very like. More, apparently. And so for years, I've been like, I bet behind the scenes, she's a real jerk. And then all of a sudden, all this stuff started to come out. And I'm like, that doesn't. And you're surprise. like, I knew like, it. All of, I was like, all of this makes sense. This logic tracks. I just never paid attention enough. I don't know. I need to pay attention but more, I guess. That has no, like we've mentioned in previous episodes, right. we, can, we can separate the art from the artist. Dory she is made, a lovely character. Dory is wonderful. And as a matter of fact, was the star of her own wonderful film. Who so, was? She was. was the cutest little fish. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my goodness. Oh, in that movie, uh, that. Speaking about Pixar movies, they'll make you cry when she sees her parents oh, again. And, oh, my goodness. Uh, waterworks, the waterworks, guys. So, oh, Finding Lord. Nemo, solid, solid number five, starting us off strong. Jay, what do you got to follow that? All right. Um, my number five is actually a more, a more newer one. My number five is Coco. Mm. I, I think Coco is... Did you really? Do you just can yeah. feel it coming? Yeah, I could. I, I think Coco is kind of a good encapsulation of everything that's wonderful about Pixar. It's beautiful. It's musical and like it's a fantastic story, but it's also like representative of a culture or a story or a look into something that I wasn't familiar with or a deep dive into a world that's not mine, whether that world is the world of miniature toys, of the ocean, of monsters that don't exist. But this time I got to see a deep dive into a world that is part of a culture that I'm just not as familiar with as others. And it was beautiful and it was moving. And Jesus Christ, at the end, when he's singing that song to Coco, and you realize that this like pop anthem could be slowed down and was a, a like a, a love ballad, and it still shows me up like that yeah. whole sequence there at the end just everything about that movie i think is beautiful uh, that's the word i just the music is beautiful the look is beautiful the design is beautiful the story is beautiful i don't know it's just i think it represents everything that's really good about pixar i thought i i agree with you man i thought coco was good i did like it better when it came out a couple years earlier and was called the book of life i thought <laughs> I love that, that was, movie though. That movie was the Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> I thought uh, I thought it was probably done better the first time, but I like the sequel, Coco. You know what? Um, I don't know. I could debate you. I don't know which. I, the, the, I agree. The other one came out first. I could debate you on which one's better. I would definitely say the Book of Life. Uh, I, I would say the I, Book I of Life. Watch both of them. I would say the Book of Life for the reason alone that I feel like it is more accurate to Hispanic culture than Coco is because that I can't speak to, but would be willing to learn. Uh, but that being said, I, I like, I like Coco a lot. I do feel like Pixar did a thing later in their years. And it's kind of doing this thing where instead of telling unique stories, they are, mixing and matching saccharine moments that they know elicit a certain mm. response. 
and they're kind of plugging them in together in a very formulaic way and that was an issue that i had with coco is that it i can felt I can very formulaic like it it felt like it wasn't telling really an original story so to speak because like i said book of life genuinely was an original story when it came out it was about a uh, a guy going to the underworld um where everything kind of looked like things from uh, uh uh the day of the dead and it had that aesthetic and it had the idea of it kind of crossing this bridge between the two worlds and it had like all of these things existed in that story but i feel like pixar went okay i see that and then we're gonna take what we know works on a familial level and we're gonna yeah. plug in our because and that's one of the big differences is one is a love story and one is like the family story. Exactly. They're both based around music. Well, they, and they both have culture. family elements because yes, they do. In, in the love story of, of Book of Life, uh, one of the main characters also finds many of his family members yes. on the other well, side. Yeah. So, you still, so you still have those same moments. It's just not focused around, you know, a child. Sure, guess, sure. Uh, I agree. So... That's a solid choice. I like it. Um, I will say that my number four or my number five is better. Oh, um, I mean, it's debatable, but let's hear it. I haven't even heard it yet. And there was another movie very similar to it, if I want to like prepare you. Yeah. Uh, my number five is A Bug's Life, which is a much better version of Ants. This ants. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, we yeah, watched. We watched Ants not too long ago, just as like a nighttime fall asleep movie. And man, that'll put you to sleep. That movie it, is rough. For sure, man. Uh, Bugs Life is a great movie. It's just a genuinely it. good story about- Entertaining. Very entertaining. They created a very unique bug world. They basically did the same thing for Toy Story. They created this world where toys exist in a world- <laughs> tailored for toys and right. bugs exist in a world tailored for bugs so yeah the things the things that humans see as garbage are like a bugs hotel or bar right. or whatever a very adorable use of those kind of things and uh, but on top of platter and the bloody mary <laughs> and... <Yeah>. exactly <laughs> on top of that you get uh dennis leary as a ladybug which is awesome pretty great Dave Foley, um, again, perfect voice casting. As Flick. Um, you get a young Hayden Panettiere as Dot in that movie. I uh, forgot she was Dot. Oh, God. Yeah, she and, was, like, then, tiny when that movie came out. And then uh, famous Hollywood uh, terrible person Kevin Spacey giving another very good performance. Another very good performance as Hopper. Uh, I will say yeah. that uh, the movie overall is just kind of quintessential for what I imagine a Pixar film to be now, like the kind of the standards yeah. that set that groundwork. You've got your hero. You've got your hero's kind of gang of sidekicks. You've got a very clear villain. And mm -hmm. the, the goal is that the hero will ultimately overcome the villain, mm -hmm. um, which is, it's very formulaic, but it works. You know, that is very yeah. much so kind of their bread and butter. Um, and they, once again, they do what Pixar does best is world build. They yeah. created a world that I wanted to like visit because mm -hmm. it seemed so cool. And I have a couple times going to Disney world. Um, they've recreated some sections from bugs life and it is cool to feel like a bug 
I ate at a yeah. giant uh, lunchbox, uh, uh, and it was I awesome. See yeah. And it was the, neat. The things that he created, I want. I wanted the to back, see them work the backpack with like yeah. the the seed launcher. Yeah. I re- uh, I remember, um, and I forget which park this was at, but when I was growing up, they had built a world like that for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, it's universe. It it was MGM Hollywood Studios. Okay. And that was, I remember that being so for fun because you could slide down these huge rubber like grass leaves yes. that were slides and giant, climb on the Legos. They had a giant roll of Kodak film that was like a slide as well. Yeah, I have pictures that you could like lay in. I have pictures in it. Um, I, I love Bugs Life. Bugs Life was one, and I do think you're right though, Q, and, and one of the things that's interesting to me is Pixar will kind of have both. They'll have their movies that have kind of the clear-cut villains, which are fun which they kind of have those little premises but one of the things that i do like about pixar is when they branch outside of that and they don't really have a villain villain per se you know like sure like an inside out or something like that where the villain yeah. isn't so much an, an entity that they're fighting but more like ideas or so i mean even toy story like buzz is the villain but he's not you know right so i like i like when they mess and they play with those structures um ratatouille is another good example it's like they're the villain, like the kind of the villain is the chef reviewer or the the hotel, the I mean, the critic. restaurant owner, the critic, but not really. The the villain in that movie is the truth and perception or whatever. Yeah. And I like, I like when they can do that. So I like, I love when Pixar elements like A Bug's Life have both of those, you know, like you have Hopper, but Hopper's not in every scene. A lot right, of it right. is just flick trying to keep up this lie that he has. And that exactly like the story. The lie is essentially the building. I totally yeah. agree. And see, I, this is where I think this list is going to get interesting because Pixar has a bunch of solid films. So I think yeah. uh, this is going to be a hard list because they all are good in their own merits. Uh, Mia, that yes. that brings four. us to your number four. My number four is Coco. Oh Yay! shit! <laughs> My number four is Coco for cultural significance for the. Um, twist that i wasn't prepared for. i was not prepared for that at all i was not prepared. i also agree i thought uh, um outside of the coco's one that i would say doesn't have a straightforward villain until mm-hmm. the very end yeah and it, it wasn't even was one that i was prepared for either like i was just ready for something to go wrong and then yeah. like he'd have to struggle his way out that's what i was prepared for because up until then that pretty much seemed to be what his issues were and so there just must have been a big one or like he falls into despair and now he has to fight against himself and feel good and be brave and do the things no the villain was his idol and i think that is even more like outside of the historical elements uh, or uh, cultural elements outside of you know boy in new world accomplishing this thing there was there was a boy with a dream who met the center of his dream, which was the idol that he uh, appreciated. And, oh man, don't always meet your idols. <laughs> For sure. That, like, that's the theme of that movie is don't meet your idols. No. I think that's a great, I think that's a great way yeah. to break that down. I, I totally agree. I love it. I share, like All I right. said, I share Coco. So I, I, I echo everything you said. I think it's great. Yay. Um, Jay, that brings us to your number four. So my number four is might be surprised, surprising how low it is, but my number four is Toy Story. Um, and I danced around which Toy 
story, to be honest, because they're all so very good. I think I landed, ended up landing on the first one, though. It was just a staple of Pixar. It was eye-opening for those types of movies. Um, you know, it led into the computer, you know, animation era that we are still currently in. Um, sure. And it's just, it's, it's not my favorite Pixar, but it is maybe one of the most important Pixars. So it had to be on the list. It couldn't be at the bottom, but it can't be at the top because there are others that I like more. I am actually very surprised so, yeah. by that. Yeah, uh, Toy Story. I think, I think it's interesting. Toy Story coming in low for Jay. That one is uh, lower than even I thought it would, to be honest. Uh, not on my list. I'm gonna just say that right now, and I think see? higher higher than me is. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because the impact of it was different for me than it was for any like others in in my age group. The leads were male, too, mm. <clears throat> and sure. the, the female characters who were present were so until Jesse were so just no. like not as important that it was that oh the, they're barely there in the first one right so it so it didn't i recognize it for what it's supposed to stand for in terms of like technological growth and movie st right st st like all of that stuff but it is it is actually one of it would be towards the bottom of my list what? if it were if on there at all on all of them interesting yeah yeah interesting interesting yeah. interesting so, well, all right, as you said, it gets tough up at the it top does, here. It does. It does. Where, where really do you find, land on number four? You really find out who knows good movies and who doesn't, I guess, while wow. making this. Me list, and me uh, and Mia so far do, and so uh, we'll see where you uh, land. Uh, uh, um, uh, vote still out on you. Uh, my uh, my number four is uh, The Incredibles. Oh, you do. Uh, okay, you like good movies. You like good movies. Okay. Good. Uh, the Incredibles is number four for me because The Incredibles is a very interesting take on the superhero genre mm -hmm. told from the perspective of, you know, your modern suburban family. Um, right. As, as a dad who became a dad at a young age and uh, felt like I gave up a lot of my life um, until I realized that I could have both exist simultaneously. I right. really, I really um, understood uh, the, the father in the Incredibles. I understood that feeling and that mm -hmm. desire of like, you know, Oh man, I, I don't feel like I'm done and I don't feel like I'm washed up. And I feel like all I'm good for yeah. is working this menial soulless job and providing for my family. But really I go into my little room and I dream about how awesome I used to be before all of these things. And then, and then having the movie have the realization that both of those things don't have to be mutually exclusive, that you right. can, you can live your best life and have your family with you by your side. And that actually yeah. makes living your best life that much sweeter because you have the people who mean the most to you yeah. on that journey with you. And I found that out way late in my life, you know, to get saccharine about the show. It wasn't really until I started working on high five, the podcast that I, that I found kind of my calling and I found myself again. I found who I, who I was. Um, Your superpower. 
I did. And I found that my children and I share a lot more of love of this sort of thing than I ever realized. And having them be a part of it um, has been a really awesome experience. So on a very personal level, The Incredibles means a lot to me as a story, I think. Um, And I I doubt I'm the only person in the world who had a similar experience. So so I'm sure it speaks to a lot of people. and I love the idea of exploring these like very uh, like golden age-esque superheroes yeah. uh, like Frozone and yes. uh, the Mole Men. And I also really like the idea, and honestly, Mia, very similar to Coco, mm-hmm. um, you have the bad guy was actually created mm-hmm. by your main character, by your protagonist. Yeah. because he was pushed aside and he was, you know, told, uh, you know, you're nothing. I'm this great superhero. I'm Mr. Incredible and you don't matter. And he grew up and was like, I'm going to matter. Like I'm going to matter and you're going to listen to me and you're going to like it. And that was also a really interesting concept because let's be honest in superhero dumb, a lot of times the best villains are the ones that are created by the heroes. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I like, agree. The that ones that are tied. Going. Because, <laughs> and so I think on a lot of levels, that movie really works. Um, fun fact, because I know you pointed out, Mia, that uh, they went through a lot of effort in the look of Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. Um, so Pixar did this thing for the first couple of years where each movie they would pick an item that they would try to further the development of. So with Finding Nemo, they were trying to further the development and and the technology on realistic water. So their whole goal was to get realistic water, to have the uh, camera angle from under the water look correct, Mm -hmm. to have the waves look correct, to have things move and react to water correctly. In Brave, it was hair. Yep, and that's what I was gonna say. And it's in um, in uh, the Incredibles. It was clothing. It was cloth textures. Was what they were really, really striving for. They were trying to give things like fabric to fall correctly and to give it a more tactile look. Mm-hmm. Um, and in like Monsters Inc. did the same thing. They they furthered uh, fur animation. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was really interesting to see Pixar kind of like grow technologically movie to movie to movie to movie. And yeah. I would say The Incredibles is definitely one of those where you saw now kind of a unique, all of their human characters would kind of look like their human characters from The Incredibles yeah. moving forward. That was kind of something that they really latched onto. Can I say I, something about Edna? Yeah, yes. for sure. Have you ever, there is, uh, I imagine it was a Tumblr post uh, where there, someone was posting a gif of Edna saying, I know, darling, I know, or like the no capes or whatever. And it was a testament to one, fashion and its importance. And two, <laughs> the, the, as a designer and the lead designer for the cape thing, like someone was like, I don't understand why she banned capes. Like, why does she have a problem? And someone else was just like, you realize she was the designer? It is because of her flaw as a designer, as a fashion designer for all the superheroes that they get sucked into the turbos. And <laughs> they, they died, back. yeah. And because 
they went to her to do the designing. Yeah. And so she's she's like, she's got to be better than that. She has to be stronger. She has to make better. And at the bottom, someone was like, how dare you make me feel feels about Edna? And I feel like that's something that goes, that movie. like that sits under the surface. Yeah. With, the, I love with their Edna. attention to detail about how they fit things and people and aspects mm -hmm. in. Not only were they working on textiles, for suits and stuff like that in the film, but they even incorporated that into one of their characters and her importance yeah. within, within the superheroes. And I thought that was great. I love yeah. that. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. So that brings us, Mia, back yes. to you again with the number three. three. So, so my, my top three um, are all based off of very specific memories um, and I emotional impacts that I had um, less about whether or not they were actually, you know, incredible movies, sure, sure. more about what I have attached to the movies. Um, so my number three is Inside Out. Ooh, beautiful um, film. It's the first one in the last couple of, of years because I went a while without seeing very many movies. There was a whole like five, six years where I, mm. I wasn't really watching very much. Um, Inside Out 2015, I saw it. And it came out on my birthday. And, Ooh, good gift. Yeah, and I I saw it and um, Take Her to the Moon for Me gets me every single time. I, I have goosebumps right now. It gets me every <laughs> single time. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Um, oh, what's that actor's name? Hugh, help me. The actor's name Who? was Bing Bong's voice. Uh, oh, um, uh, shit, um, I can't remember. Oh, I want to uh, say Pat Oswald, but it's not Pat Oswald. Not Pat Oswald. Uh, he was in that. Uh, he was in that like uh, city hall show with Michael J. Fox. And I got it here. Richard Kind. Richard Kind. I was gonna say connection to yours. He's also in Bugs Life. Um, yes, absolutely. He, he plays the second hand to Hopper, and he's great. He's hilarious in that. But Richard Kind is amazing as Bing Bong. Inside Out, uh, a favorite of mine. I, me, I couldn't agree oh. more with your. With your I choice. had to look him up. Now I know his oh, face. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's great. He's he's in a bunch of he's in a bunch of shit. Yeah, he's always wonderful and always funny and always just awesome. And honestly, I don't think I can watch Inside Out and her confronting her parents and not get choked up. I just uh, I don't know what it is about that scene. I, I just I feel like the movie earns that scene really well. But there's something about that scene that's almost physically incapable of me getting through it without having some sort of emotional response of, I'm sorry, please don't be mad at me for, for wanting to go home. Like that feeling of please don't be mad at me for having emotions is so real, is so true. And I could talk about the movie for hours. And and clearly you're a fan. It's literally the background for those who are visually seeing this episode right yeah. now. Yes. It's literally the background that you have. Mia, I think that's a wonderful choice. I love that. Thank Jay, you. what okay, is your so number three? My number three is one that you and I have talked about on a previous episode and one that we've talked about about five minutes ago because my, my number three is The Incredibles. Yeah! I love for a long time this was my favorite pixar movie sure i thought the the way they approached the superhero genre was incredibly smart and, and q you know how i love like metafiction and people playing with 
concepts and ideas and oh, definitely. what they were able, what Brad Bird was able to do with the superhero world oh, was just beautiful. But beyond that, I think it's, again, a perfect example of how good they are at voice casting. Because <gasps> if, you, if you told me, oh, the dad from Parenthood and the dude from Coach is going to be Mr. Incredible, I'll be like, I don't think that works. But his voice is the only voice that works for Mr. Incredible. And, and like Holly Hunter um, as a- so uh, Her raspiness. As, yes. As Elastawoman. Yes. As Elastagirl. Elastagirl. Um, I mean, everything. I mean, obviously the Samuel L. Jackson is frozen, super fun. But like it just, everything about that movie for hey. me- works and it's one of my favorite superhero movies just in and general. we can't forget jason lee as great, syndrome great yes. bad guy like which is crazy my name is earl as the bad guy come on it's good stuff he's, but he's great as like the nerdy red hair like put upon dude like, today because i had no idea about this yeah. <laughs> Boom. Uh, also, no idea hey. about any of the voice actors except Samuel L. and Holly. They're well, the only I'm, ones I knew. I'm about to blow your mind a little bit further. Uh, since, you're, since you're a big fan of Edna, Edna is voiced by Brad Bird, the director. Yep. Uh, yeah. Edna Mode is voiced by like a 47-year-old man. I know we're not talking about it now, but Brad Bird, love him and Ooh, love the, I, the Iron Giant. Are you kidding me? <gasps> yes. Uh, yeah. Talk about amazing, animated, impactful, emotionally taxing so movies. So good. Uh, I mean, Brad Bird. You watch is, that one as an adult. Oh, Brad Bird is fantastic. What else? He he directed some other really really good things. Um, he, did he no, do not Tomorrowland? Tomorrowland? He did, but that's not really good. Um, he did Ratatouille, which I like a lot. It's uh, yeah, might talk about it. Um, oh, a Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. That was the one I was surprised uh, yeah. by. Okay. Which is a pretty good Mission Impossible movie. movie. I was like, told that one was good. It is pretty. Uh, all the last like three have been pretty damn good. I think that's. I I'm impressed. I'm impressed. So your number three, Incredibles. So obviously you and I share a love for that. Uh, my number three, I will share with Mia, and my number three is Finding Nemo. Oh, good choice. Uh, for a couple different reasons. Uh, I know, I think we've talked about it before, but I have an affinity for uh, father-son movies, whether it's from like my own father-son scars that I have and I just idolize kind of these father-son relationships or what, but a good, a father-son story done correctly is really affecting to me. One of my favorite movies of all time is Big Fish, hands down. Oh man. It's it's an amazing movie. Top to um, and Finding Nemo is another movie that's just uh, it's a it's it's an interesting movie that I saw pre children and saw again post children and Same. had very different experiences watching it. Um, I I understood and identified more with Nemo and his journey the first watching and then post children i understood completely marlin and his mm -hmm. need to feel like he needed to protect nemo and that nemo wasn't ready um for the world basically um 
And the fact that you can kind of watch Pixar movies with like a dual lens is something that I think they do really, really well. It appeals to children, obviously, but at the same time, it speaks to kind of what it is to be an adult. Um, And Finding Nemo is a great movie. I, I think, you know, like you mentioned, Mia, Dory is an amazing character. Yeah. Uh, so much mm-hmm. so that I, I did not understand the need for a sequel. But once I saw the sequel, I totally understood why that movie got made. Thank you. Okay, I felt the same way about Toy Story 4. But yes, Finding Nemo and to- I mean, Finding Dory in Toy Story 4 were both like, wow, we don't need to make this. But I saw it. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad they made this. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and there are still things that I, you know, pick up on from uh, one of the other things I quote, I was thinking about it too, from, uh, from Finding Nemo is I'm constantly like, mine, 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 mine. bubbles, bubbles. Uh, um, My bubbles. It's a, it's a, it's just a really, it's a really well done movie. It's a great father son story. Great. Um, so yeah, so that's and why Albert, I earned its place Albert on my Brooks number three. At the top of his game. He's awesome. Albert Brooks is so good as Marlon. So good. Uh, so yeah, All so right. that's, that's it. So that takes us into our sponsors. Animated sponsors. today about snarky a new marker that when you write it helps you to write things like i just wrote my mom and dad love each other very much your parents were adopted you this isn't as good as i thought um let me write something different uh when i grow up i can be anything i want to be as long as it's a vendor at a gas station. Oh, this marker is really mean. Um, and snarky. Oh, how about, uh, one day I'm gonna make a lot of money and be really famous. And then you're gonna go to jail because it's probably whore money. Hmm. On second thought, don't buy snarky. It's a, it's a real asshole. And now, Deep Thoughts by Christopher Walken. Wow, forget nudity. When you give a speech, picture everyone as a dog. Because dogs are not judgmental and will like you no matter what. Wow, it's crazy. What kind of dog loves honey? A beagle. Free will is a lie. (laughs) Literally, nothing you do matters. We all die alone. (laughs) It's crazy. Instead of yelling hello when you think a murderer's in your home, say goodbye. Then, if he's there, he'll be like, well, okay, I guess I'm leaving. It's, It's crazy. And that was Deep Thoughts by Christopher Walken. All right, and we're back. Sponsors have been had. Bills have been paid. Project-Nerd has been plugged. 
And now it's time. And now we to will finish this dang old for. list. All right, Nia, two and one. The big, the big dogs. Where are you at? My number two is up. Oh God. Oh, up. I know. Okay, well, go can, with you on that one. <laughs> can I? Can I ask you a? a can I ask you a, a very specific? question about up please, please. is is up number two because of the whole movie or because of the first 10 minutes yes uh because of the whole movie okay, okay. i i think i i do think that movie is beautiful but i also i ding that movie a bit because i think the first 10 minutes is better Are than better the whole than rest, the of, rest the of the movie <laughs> I, I agree i i wanted like if they would have, if they had ever, and even now ever decided to give me a prequel where it's just the two of them going, going on adventures in, in their youth growing up yeah. and give me a real, first off, I have goosebumps again, just even thinking about that, <laughs> yeah. but it would be an incredible story. And then like, when you watch up, then it's just like a yes. little recap. And now you see how he heals after that. <laughs> so this is the like, whole thing. Uh, yes. And, and I don't mean to knock it. It's a wonderful movie. It's a wonderful movie. It is choice, a great movie. Agreed. Because I found myself thinking the same thing. I'm like, do I love the first 10 minutes or do I love this whole thing? I do love the Doug, like the squirrel, squirrel. I love, I love that concept. Hi, I'm Doug and I love you. Yes. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love you too, Doug. So many, but, and, and Quentin, to your point, it is a movie that has a villain. Like there is a yes, villain of that definitively, movie. Definitively, for sure. It's a villain pretty good villain if i'd I is like that michael or not michael yeah. douglas it's is it yeah it's no kurt kurt douglas kurt, it's kirk douglas yeah yeah um but yeah it uh a pretty good old man fight at the end i like also the old man fight quality ed asner performance oh like, man he was tailor-made he is like the real life version of that i'm looking character. at him right now just slap on some glasses and we're good to go oh, yeah exactly yeah, he is well, carl like again voice casting come on pixar i don't know who pixar's voice caster is but they deserve emmys yeah, all, all the awards need to go to them i agree i just that's, oh. a, that's that's a solid that's a solid choice strong number two i will say i agree with joey i think the t first 10 minutes are better um than the rest of that movie but and, man them as kids like her wearing that oh like, god hat. oh my god just it's, um, it's can't think about gorgeous. it too long or i'll start crying don't yeah we don't make you cry don't do that um, <laughs> pixar well, does that enough yes all right all right well in that vein then i'll get on with my number two because it's definitely one that makes people cry my number two is inside out um mia you talked about it personally and mm -hmm. this is just a, a, a personal belief i have i think inside out is the smartest and best written story that they've ever done. Oh, I, I, I truly feel the world building, not only that, but just the level of psychology that they layer. It's like you could teach graduate courses of the symbolism and the psychology layers that they edit into that. I mean, in the simple joke of when they're in the train of thought and they knock the box over and it's like, oh, these thoughts and ideas, these thoughts or facts and opinions look so similar. It's like, oh yeah, that happens all the time. That one little throwaway joke is just so fucking smart. Like Inside Out is just, it's beautiful. You talk about the voice casting. I mean, Phyllis from The Office is not a huge name 
in voice acting. Not a huge name in Hollywood, but she's the only person that makes sadness work the way that she does opposite Amy Poehler's bubbliness. It's yeah. just, I mean, and, and, uh, and uh, anger, uh, what's fucking, with Hold Lewis on, Black? I'm getting there, I'm getting there. Lewis Black Lewis with Black anger. is perfect. Disgust with Mindy Kaling. Yes. Uh, Kaling. And then Bill Hader, Bill Hader as fear or anxiety fear. or whatever he is. It's, it's just everything about, and Bing Bong, everything about that movie, I think, is just great. And it easily could have been my number one. Easily. It went back and forth. I think that's, that's solid, one. man. This is a hard, you know, they this use, is a hard two to follow. Yeah. They use anger, sadness, stuff like that. They use them when dealing with kids. Oh, really? Definitely. Ever since that movie has come out, they started using it. See, for like I'm telling you, it's applicable. Like it it yep. works. And that's why that movie to me is just beyond a good Pixar movie. It's just wonderful. It's a great so film. So good. Yeah. It's a great right, film. You, how would right. you follow Man, up on hard, hard to follow the um so my number two comes once again from just pulling from my life and movies that give me the feels um and my number two is monsters inc um my honorable mention yeah uh monsters Monster inc for me honorable mention for me too is a very unique and special movie uh once again i connected to it on a very interesting level it was uh unwitting parents becoming parents not realizing that they could realizing that they could and then also having to let their child go and like trust that their child is going to be okay in the world mm -hmm. uh all told through this very silly story about monsters very who exist silly. in a world where kids screams are what power their energy source um but on a very very much deeper level it was a story about best friends um it was a story about parenthood and it was a story about um kind of accepting and and realizing that you have to be okay with the unknown and that you can't be in control of everything um and acceptance of that and, and man, i love the that the monster design monster designs are awesome once again they created another world that i want to like experience like i want to go and walk through monstropolis and i want to see all of these things um boo is maybe one of my favorite like child <laughs> depictions in any movie ever i think she's the thing on the face of the planet and uh, I take great pride in the fact that my youngest daughter, Reagan, when she was very little, looked almost identical to Boo. That uh, is adorable. And it, it just, like, melted my heart. Um, it's just a great movie. That's Once again, movie. amazing voice casting. Billy Crystal and John Goodman just, just the best. are awesome. Uh, you've got Rip Torn. Uh, you've got Steve Buscemi. Jennifer Tilly. Um <laughs> Just great. It's 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 just it, it is. It's just a great movie. The aesthetics are awesome. The intro to that movie, the music cues throughout the movie, like the fifties uh, style. Yeah, yeah. I love um, it. It's just it's just a really 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 well done movie. So Oof. that's my number two. 
All right, number ones. We're all over the map <laughs> on Pixar, but like I said, they're all really good. They are. They're all, right. all really good. Yeah. All right, Mia, bring it home. Yeah. What's your number one? My number one is Wally. My number one is Wally. My number one is Wally. Yes. 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 Yay. We got a jinx. Holy shit. We did it, guys. Hat trick. And that's it. I quit. We've done it. <laughs> We've reached the mountaintop. Uh, that's okay. amazing. That's um, so amazing. I'm going to well, be honest. You I did not in the in in any of my realms of possibility think that that was going to be you guys' number one. I kind of thought I'd stand alone on Wally. Same. Well, oh, you know what? God. Now, since we all share it, this is unprecedented. So let, let's just let's go one by one. Mia, just talk, talk about, about Wally yes. for two minutes. Go. Um, Wally's important to me for more than just the story that it's telling. So um, it has a beginning and an end in terms of different eras of my life. Um, when Wally came out, I, I have a child. She is now turning 14, November 24th. Um, I don't talk about her a lot. That's, there's a lot of layers there. Sure. Um, but sure. when she was with me, we watched Wally all the time. And wow. she loved it. Um, and so I have a lot of memories with her and then now with the person i'm currently dating we look like the personifications in terms of like our personalities <laughs> and stuff he looks like wally and i look like eve and we both love the music we both love the storytelling we both love the parallels um it, i love that there is more love packed into this movie than there mm -hmm. are in many other i mean not like up but in many sure. of the other um yeah. Pixar films and I did a real good job not crying just now. I just like to high five myself. Where hey, you go? We but will was... also high five you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there this so Wally for me yeah. has, has a lot of emotional impact as well as all the social stuff that comes with it. I I love that. I well, think that's I'll what add makes on... Pixar movies important is yeah. they have a way of connecting to you on a personal level outside of just their like normal right. thematic here's a movie right um so i love that well i i can't compete with the emotional connection so i'm not even going to try but i will acknowledge that that is one of the reasons i love this movie is i think that it connects with people on a level that is weird like it shouldn't connect with mm. people the way that it does because almost everything in it isn't human even yeah. the humans yeah um for me, one of the reasons there are, I'll talk about it on, on the technical aspect is one of the reasons Wally for me is number one is everything about it shouldn't work. Mm. It's a movie about trash. It's very heavy handed in its message. If you really think about it, the first 30 minutes of a child's movie has zero dialogue. And most of it is about a relationship that happens wordlessly. None of those should make a good kids movie. And Pixar made the best kids movie possible out of it. And that to me is astounding. It's a feat. It's almost like I appreciate Wally in the same way that I appreciate boyhood. Like that yeah. shouldn't have been able to be done. And you did it. Mm -hmm. And not only that is I, I get choked up at the movie. The relationship feels very real. And again, 
even the small amount of voice acting that's in it is perfect. It's so very good. It, I don't know. It's just there's something about Wally that I think is the highest level of achievement <laughs> that Pixar has done thus far. It's which is like why for me it was my number one. Mm-hmm. But and is uh, gorgeous. Like the scene of them flying through space. Oh, where he's just, using the, the Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute. But it's so funny and beautiful at the same time. So yeah. all right, now Q, it's your turn. I, I totally agree. Uh hell uh excuse me. This this movie for me is another one with like a super emotional connection. Mm. Mia. Not not yeah. to that extent, but just at the same time, yeah, still, you know, something that meant a lot to me. Um, so, like, one of the things that I remember from my childhood the most that I used to do with my mom is um, my mom was a lover of musicals. Uh, oh, that is, yeah, yeah. Joey can say that's where yep. my musical love comes uh-huh. from. Um, and I am a diehard musical lover. Like, like huge fan of seeing listen to just about everything that you can um and there was something that connected with me on such a emotional level when wally was watching the uh put on your sunday clothes from hello dolly yes from hello and dolly. just the hello and, dolly taste is so great and that's just his connection to people um and to watch him like enjoy that, uh, yes, exactly. His little uh-huh. his, and kind of dance along is one of those things that uh, it like it makes me want to cry now thinking about it. But I connected with that because yeah. Wally is an outsider. Wally is deemed to be garbage himself. Essentially, he's the lowest of the low on the echelon of these things but he has feelings and he he has this secret desire to be loved and be more than who he is and he just wants to hold somebody's hand and yeah. as a kid this sounds so pitiful but that's how i felt i felt like yeah. an outsider i felt like i just wanted that connection and i really glommed on to movies and television for that connection for that kind of experience of being with other people and so to see that reflected in this tiny wall i mean <laughs> uh, uh 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 johnny five looking robot right he um, is very johnny five ish he's very johnny five johnny five is alive um yeah <laughs> uh, it it just spoke to me and to back up everything that you said jay it the fact that you can have the first 30 minutes of a kid's film be dialogue free is a wonder. Like it's astounding that it works and it doesn't feel missed and it doesn't feel needed. It doesn't doesn't drag. It doesn't feel like you want to get out of this act of the movie. I also love, um, and I can't think of the actor's name off the top of my head, but I love that there is a human for the first time in a Pixar movie. You get a video clip of this actor who is the head of bu- the By and Large Corporation. Oh, yeah, it's, um, it's Fred Willard. Uh, Fred Willard. That's it. Thank you. Um, the fact that you get that, and then you also get an animated representation of what humans have evolved into is I- is a really funny way to show that change. 
it's it's hilarious but also i want to point out and be nerdy for a second how not only do they use a real fred willard video but also real footage from hello dolly and it fits seamlessly like none of it makes doesn't feel like it's out of place now and i it know should. it's because they digitized it on like tvs and screens but it's a real person there should be that you know um um the gap oh shit the uncanny Whatever. valley there should be the uncanny valley but that movie almost makes it non-existent which again very impressive shouldn't be able to happen um and the end of that movie is one that means a lot to me uh i think it's a beautiful ending the fact that um the movie's message is hope is never lost like like there's there's always the ability to change and that is an awesome message for a kid's movie like like that is out of all of the messages that I could impart to the youth of today, it would genuinely be never lose hope there. Even in the darkest yeah. times, things can still change. Like but it's, also, it's never too late, but also the layer of, but in order to make that happen, you've got to get off your ass and yes. do something and, do, and something. do something about it. And with that high five would like to tell you to vote in the upcoming election. Yes. So get out yes. your ass and do get out of your house and vote. Uh, but no, really, I, I felt like that's where that was careening towards. So I just went ahead. You know what? It, wor- it works for me. It. That's a good segue into the, to the master list because now we've, we've told everybody to vote. We're like on the right side of history. Now we can make a definitive list. So let's do it. So, uh, I mean, obviously Wally, Wally is our clear number one. Number five. Yes. Oh, wait. Yeah, number one. <laughs> um, I, I would like to propose that Inside Out be two since it was really high for both Mia and myself. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay. But then also number three of Finding Nemo because it was shared by mm. both you guys. I don't know. I almost want to put an Incredibles at number three and put Finding Ooh. Nemo at four. Considering how high Incredibles was on both of your lists compared to where mine fell with Nemo and yours fell with Nemo, I, I, I would agree. Okay. I think Incredibles and then Nemo. Nemo. So Incredibles 3 and then Nemo 4. So that means 5 is basically a toss-up between Coco, Monster Zinc, and what's another one? We, uh, a Bug's Life and Toy Bugs. Story. And Up. And, and Up. up. <laughs> so well, the actually, rest of the Pixar library. Well, well, let me throw Coco was the only one of those that I can remember that was shared by more than one of us. It, I I agree. So I would say that that's fair. Well, that was that was that was easier than than I thought it was going to be. Mia, read us read us back what we got. Top five Pixar movies are at number five Coco, at number four Finding Nemo, at number three The Incredibles, number two Inside Out, and number one Wally. That sounds oh awesome. God. That's a great list. I feel like all of those movies I would easily pop in and watch anytime. I am. Um, I'm surprised Onward didn't make anybody. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I will tell you this. Hold on. I will say Haley and I watched Onward when it came out on Disney plus and we really enjoyed it. It's not on my top list, obviously, but I will say I really enjoyed it. I was making fun of it. It's not too shabby. It's pretty good. Okay. Okay. It's pretty good. It's worth a watch. Definitely. It's, it's better than a handful of others. It's better than brave ones that drive you insane to watch now. Brave. 
any of the cars ones i can't handle i don't love brave cars i could cars one is fine is like fine cars two is unwatchable yeah cars three is not needed cars three is the epitome of this should not be it this should this should be the second sequel the second sequel shouldn't exist like they didn't need a three it was gross uh toy story Three and four are my favorite. Toy Story three, two. I think three is my favorite Toy Story. Would be my third, and Toy Story one is probably bottom. Um, I think Toy Story. I feel like I had you guys misdirected early. You did. You haven't seen three or four. You need to see three. Oh, three they're so is a, good. You got to. You, it's totally worth it. Give and it, give four feels completely unnecessary after you watch three. You're like, oh, that was a perfect ending for this. Yeah. And then four somehow takes that perfect ending and then puts another bow on it. And you're like, okay, well, this is even better. Well, now this is a perfect ending. So yeah, it's great. A lot of, lot of Pixar watching to do. So we will need to get out there and do it. Yeah. Get out there, watch Pixar, vote. If this episode came out after you have voted, let's hope that it all worked out. <laughs> uh, and as always, go check out Project Hyphen Nerd on the website. Go check out the Project Hyphen Nerd podcast network, which we are proudly a part of. Check out High Five, the podcast, all letter rows, no numeros. Uh, you can check us out on the Twitter at High the Number Five, the podcast. You can check us out on Insta and Facebook at High Five, the podcast. And uh, yeah, get out there, watch some Pixar movies. Buy yourself. yourself and cry. Buy tickets and sit next to children. <laughs> It'll work out fine. I we promise. have reached the Always end of another does. high five the podcast episode. <laughs> it's time to lock up the writer's room and rest right. comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at my five at high five the podcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. <sighs> Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast. On Twitter at hi the number five the podcast. Instagram at High Five the Podcast, or on Letterboxd by searching High Five colon the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? Farting your skeleton out of your body? <laughs> Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.